Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. Dan Panetti, Johnny Farr, Nick Bellamy. We're in our last um, 11, 12, 13, 14, so last four chapters of, uh, of Parenting by Paul David Tripp, 14 Gospel Principles That Can Radically Change Your Family. And, uh, and so far, um, been, a, been a good discussion, been super helpful for me. Um, the book has been uh, fantastic. Uh, just rereading this book, I read it. Uh, I can't remember how many years ago, whenever it came out, um, but uh, um, really, really hit me. And as I as I reread it, even with older kids, it's still a very, very powerful uh, book. And so, um, great book for anybody if if you're looking at you know um, a new parent, a young parent, somebody who's even you know you know newly married, and say hey, you want to get ready for parenting. Uh, it is a great book to give to somebody. Um, and, uh, and they will hate you for it. Um, anyway, chapter 11 talks about false gods. Um, it says, uh, principle says you are parenting a worshiper. So it's important to remember what rules your child's heart will control his behavior. Um, and, uh, just, a, that's a, um, an important concept, right? If we're made in the image of God, um, that, that is, that is how we are created. We are created with, um, a void in us that is only filled by something eternal. Um, the world will try to put things in there uh, on a temporary basis to try to fill that hole, um, but nothing will fill it except for an eternal God. And so what we have to help our kids understand and what we have to model for them uh, is what that looks like, is that we as individuals don't replace um, that God-shaped vacuum with other things as well, right? That we only allow God to be um, the the essence of who we are, the identity we get from, from God. And so uh, when our kids see that, and they understand, right, that, you know, mom and dad, um, you know, have a heart's desire to live for the Lord, right, then then they can they can follow, you know, in that. But if we replace it with something else, uh, then in a sense, we kind of short circuit our kids. Um, and it, it becomes frustrating. It becomes frustrating for our kids. And it becomes frustrating for us to try to parent our kids when we don't take into consideration the way that God has designed all of us to be. And so it's a it's a really powerful chapter. Um, you know, worship, I think, we might miss the concept, right? When we're talking about worship from a Christian perspective, people might think we're talking about um, singing. <laughs> uh, it's certainly not, included in the topic. Yeah, it's and it's not just talking about singing. It's talking about you know worth worthship is what worship yeah. means, right? What what do we give worth to? Where do we give value to? Uh, where where does that come from? Um, he does a good job. He says worship is the inner desire for wonder, amazement, and awe that every human being possesses. Uh, it is that craving to be fulfilled. Uh, it is that constant search for life. It is that wanting personal meaning and purpose? Uh, it's that universal hunger for inner peace, and that's what your child has, and that's what you have. Uh, and uh, and when we try to fill it with things, as I said, right, that are that are temporary, that are insignificant, that are really meaningless, um, it becomes a frustrating life, and that frustrating life then frustrates others around us. So, what did you guys get out of chapter eleven? As I was working through this one, um, video games is a big deal at our house right now. Okay. Um, and so it's crazy. I don't think that the, the video game itself is a problem. Um, it's the amount of time that we devote to it. That's and it. so, and, and here's, man, I read this unbelievable story about Martin Luther King. 
and it was uh, he had just gotten out of jail and he was home and he couldn't sleep and he's restless and he's laying in bed and he gets up and he goes into the kitchen and he sits down and you know in the middle of the night it's quiet Mm -hmm. so for any of you that are restless and don't have a brand newborn um, it's still quiet in the house right and so you're sitting there and so the story goes on about MLK that he was sitting there and in the quiet of the night he heard the voice of God and it inspired him and encouraged him go forth Martin Luther stand up for civil rights and I will be with you until the end of the age hmm. if he had had an iPhone would he have gotten there who knows because he, well, he might have opened his phone and started flipping through things oh yeah and the reason I started with video games is like my children have the opportunity to be an incredible worshiper of God, but when they get bored, they default to the video game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they go and they pick up the electronic thing, or they pick up the, um, the iPad, or they pick up the Switch, or they pick up the Xbox controller. And all they're doing, parents, is modeling the behavior of mom and dad. Yeah. Because mom and dad pick up their iPhone, and we call it work, <laughs> when, when sometimes it's work. And, and we pick up the iPad and we turn on the TV and we watch the sports thing and they see us spending hours and hours and hours doing that thing. Martin Luther had a moment in, in a meeting with God in the quiet. He didn't have it in the midst of flipping through Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. He didn't have it in the midst of another football game on TV. And so I think we establish so many false gods that we aren't willing to um, admit yeah. And, and we have so many things in our life that keep us from those still small... Look, if you were a 90s child, you understand what boredom was. There was this thing prior to all these electronics in your house where you would get bored and then creativity spawned out of that. Yeah. Nowadays, we just default to whatever thing... I, I am so guilty, so please, I'm not calling the, the kettle black over here. I am definitely the pot. And so just hear that I know it's a problem, and I'm a, I want to be a part of the process of changing it in my own life so that I can model a better worship experience for my children and that they won't have the same false gods that I have and that they'll hopefully just get a little further along a yeah. little faster. But that, can I tell you, that's what this book does. It's this sick, awful book. It, it makes you, makes you evaluate not just where your kids are, but where you are. Well, it should be about us, right? Yeah. Parenting. It's not about exactly. kidding. Exactly. It's about parenting. Yes. That's right. Oh, it's so frustrating. I had an old Sunday school teacher. His name is Don Matthews. And he used to say this quite a bit to the end that I still know it today. Uh, he said, trash in e- equals trash out. Yeah. Whatever I put in and consume will ultimately come out of my life in some form or fashion. And scripture talks about this. I, I was reflecting on John 15 about I'm the vine and you are the branches. Like if the, if, if I am not bearing fruit, I'm the branch, it's because of me. Yeah. So I must not be receiving the nutrients that I, that I need in order to bear fruit. And those nutrients are had by abiding in the vine. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think that there is a parent in the world that would say, you know, I don't think it's important to have a well-balanced diet in our home. And we do things like give our kids these gummy multivitamins, and these are all good things. And we know that if our kids aren't getting a well-balanced diet and all of the vitamins and supplements, that it will equal some sort of sickness Mm -hmm. uh, down the road. The same is true for the spiritual health of our kids. We need to ensure as mom and dad that they are given the soil to receive the nutrients from. And so this is modeled through every spiritual discipline that we know time in the word prayer, 
corporate worship, uh, tithing, serving, dying to self, you name it, solitude. Nick, you just mentioned this, the quietness and the stillness. Do our kids see us modeling having a relationship with God so that they could hopefully emulate it down the road when they have kids? So, Okay, so you just brought up the spiritual disciplines, right? Some people might be like wondering, hey, what in the world are you talking about? Um, I'm, I'm walking through this with some kids at school, um, and uh, we're, we're creating a spiritual formation plan. And so I've walked him through the spiritual disciplines. Um, the Celebration of Discipline uh, by Richard Foster, Foster is one of my favorite books on that. Um, but, but Nick, you brought this up, um, silence and solitude, and then fasting, right? Three mm-hmm. of the spiritual disciplines that I think have really been lost um, in this generation, mm-hmm. and they're so important. Um, and silence and solitude, the idea um, that it's it's difficult to hear the still small voice of the Lord when we're surrounded by noise. Um, one of one of my favorite things, and this is you know when you deal with silence, solitude, fasting, uh, was uh, um, Colorado, right? So we're we're up in Colorado at a family camp um, at night. Right, you go out in the middle of Colorado, and I just remember the kids looking up, and they're like, "Wow, look at all the stars." And when we got back to Dallas, and we went outside, and you look up, and there's no stars, and the kids had this kind of moment of like, "Well, you know, what happened to the stars?" And you're like, "Well, the stars are still there; you just can't see them." Um, and it it takes you being at a place where there isn't so much right. They call it you know light noise. Mm-hmm. Um, for you to be able to see the, the you know the stars in the sky, and so it's just an amazing thing. I can't remember who who was writing this. They they said if if all the stars in the sky only came out one night a year, right? So let's say you know April twelfth, the stars are going to light up. Let's go see them, and then the rest of the year they weren't on. We'd all go out that night. We'd see the stars, but because they're there constantly, it's just not that big of a deal. Right. And so I think this is this whole idea from a worship perspective is we we raise our kids and we take for granted that God is constantly there. Right. Um, hey, do we have to go to church this Sunday? Yeah, no big deal. We got sports. We got this. We got other things. Right. Um, and we don't realize that the God of the universe is there. We just simply take him for granted. Um, we do other things that we feel are significant and important, and we don't really put the priorities of what's the most important as the thing that we'll invest our family time into. And so, you know, the spiritual disciplines of, of study and God's word. Um, you know, I know guys who, who don't read anything and, and it's just like, you've got a love letter from God of 66 books. It should be something that you're reading every day. Um, you know, and just things like that, right. That our, that our kids need to not only know, Right, but they need to see us doing as well. Mm-hmm. They need to see us in prayer. They need to see us in church. They need to see us in the Word of God. Um, they need to see us withdrawing from the things of the world to spend some, you know, quiet time. Right? I mean, you think yeah. about Jesus. Right? Jesus in his you mentioned this before his three year teaching ministry. Can you imagine how much Jesus had to teach those twelve knuckleheads? Right, <laughs> a lot, a lot. Right. And yet it constantly talks about how Jesus withdrew, withdrew, withdrew to spend quiet time with his father. And if, if Jesus is going to do that, right, shouldn't we model that as well? I mean, yeah. just it's an incredible thing to think about, though. So uh, if you want another book to read, Celebration of Discipline by Foster is a great thing to remind you of what those, right, what, what the development of a, of a worshiper really looks like. And I think what convicts me about that, Dan, is... No one would say that it's not important to have a relationship with God. Yep. But tell me what relationship in your life is healthy 
if you don't spend time with that person. Yep. And uh, uh, that's what spiritual disciplines are designed to do. They're designed to focus your relationship with the Lord. And Jesus modeled it. I mean, he pulled away many, many times, and he forced his reliance on his Father. That's what spiritual disciplines do. Are they uncomfortable? Yes. But it's in the, un- it's in the discomfort that reminds us that God is our provider. Yep. Yeah, so good. So good. Chapter 12 talks about control. Um, again, we've talked about this several times. He's just kind of, in some way, kind of driving it home. The principle, right? The goal of parenting is not control of behavior, but rather heart and life change. Um, and so just kind of, uh, you know, as he drills home, he's got these uh, 15 things that our kids need, um, you know, and it, it's, it really is the, the essence um, of creating, um, you know, a young person who knows the Lord and understands their proper position. He uses Psalm uh, 51 um, so that your kids understand the nature of their own sin and understand how important confession, repentance, um, forgiveness, um, and then a moving away from that is in the life of your child. Um, you know, uh, j- just a, it's a very powerful, if you've, if you've never um, seen or experienced that in your own life, um, it's probably hard for you to pass on to your kids. Um, you know, I think a lot of uh, a lot of parents uh, want to be seen as perfect in their kids' eyes, uh, as opposed to um, you know fallen, broken, and redeemed, right? And th- that's the you know the great thing that we can pass on to our kids is um, not only will you make mistakes, and I will help correct your mistakes, but I'll make mistakes, <laughs> mm-hmm. and God will correct those mistakes in me. And so uh, we're on, in a sense, we're on this journey together, right? And our kids, I mean, like. You know, if you've never had to apologize to your kids, uh, I think that's a, a very powerful place for you to be as a, as a parent is to you've show them. you skipped lots of opportunities. Yeah, you skipped lots of that. Yeah. <laughs> you've had plenty of opportunities. Trust me. Um, I, used to, I used to tell my kids when they were little, I'd say, you know, um, I just want you to know that I'm not perfect. So every once in a while, I'll try to mess up um, just so, you know, I'm not Jesus. And they, you know, when they were little, they'd kind of buy it. And then when they got a little bit older, like, no, dad, you're just, you, you mess up. Not you're just falling too. Yeah, not on purpose. You definitely mess up too. And I'm like, yes, yes, I do. Um, so, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great reminder. Anything else from chapter 12 that you guys got? Well, just not getting too far into the, the theology, but like, you know, the difference between volition and control and authority and all that. But just this concept of, you know, if you had a, if you had a riot going on mm-hmm. and a cop standing in the middle, who has authority? Well, the police officer has authority. Who has control? Well, the rioters do, yeah. right? In the midst of the rioter. Right. In the mil- and, and where did that control come from? Right? Who gave it to them? Uh, and I think so often when we are parenting, we're in the middle of the riot, yeah. and we're the police officer, and we think we're in control. Yeah. That's good. And we think, we think that we – look, at the end of the day, your child has volition. Uh, short of doing some illegal things and CPS coming to your house, there's not a whole lot you can do if they're against it. Right, And so it goes back to all the other chapters that talked about grace and patience and uh, wanting to realign their worship and, and all these different things. But your children have to have a reason, and they don't want to necessarily listen to you. But if you point them to Jesus, then that still small voice in their heart that is, we've talked about it all three weeks before this, the blessing of conviction. Mm-hmm. If we will allow that to work in their life, then they will make the choice, and we will have just been the guide. Yep. Mm-hmm. So good. You know, uh, if we're going to point our kids to Jesus, they need to see that he is our Savior as well. Yep. 
And so humility must be a marker of our parenting. And so if we present ourselves to our kids as perfect, then we're missing out. It's already been said at an opportunity to show them the gospel is real to mom and dad as well. It reminds me of 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And this is, I think, beautiful because Paul Tripp is starting to, you could see it happening in this chapter. He's pointing back to the beginning, and it's this loop again. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect, not in strength, but in weakness. Uh, Therefore, and this gets me every time, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. You know, we could talk about cultural masculinity, how it should present itself. A man should present himself as have zero chinks in his armor, show no weakness at all. I can solve all of my problems and pick myself up by my own intellect or my own resources. But parents, we're missing it if we are intentionally and frequently showing them dad messed up too. Uh, I've been shown grace by God, but will you show me grace as well? That tension in a child's heart of their being presented with the opportunity to forgive or not forgive their dad for something that he did is a great way to show them who Jesus is. And I need to do that more. And because we've been forgiven much, we can forgive. Yes. That's, that's the great thing is once a, once a child understands Right, that I'm not forgiving um, because you've earned it. I'm forgiven because I've been given it. Yeah, right? that's a that's a that's a huge huge thing. Right? To the end, that Paul says that we should boast in our weaknesses, yeah. not our sin, yeah. but our weakness and I, the need of yeah, a savior. And, and I can even forgive somebody who hasn't earned it. Somebody who hasn't right. I mean, somebody who's hurt me, somebody who's wounded me, somebody who's done something. I can forgive them even if they haven't apologized for it. Mm. Right? I have the power to do that. You do because I've been forgiven before. I earned it. Well, right? and that's what God models. Model, yeah. He's He's forgiven us before we've even screwed up. Right. Romans five eight. Yes, right. Sir. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Um, so yeah, great stuff uh, in chapter um, thirteen. Uh, did we do chapter thirteen yet? Not no, yet. That's where we are. Chapter thirteen. Rest um, <laughs> goes back to yeah. Pa- Nick's like parents. This is the chapter for you. Um, I got comments. Cha- chapter thirteen. Um, it is it. only rest in God's presence and grace that will make you a joyful and patient parent oh that's good the cadence with which parents try to run these days wears mm. not only themselves out but their children it does um true true everybody believes that if they do more they will accomplish more and um, i actually think that when we do more we accomplish less in fact we do more harm than we do good when we don't look at the cadence of jesus who mm-hmm. was never in a hurry mm-hmm. he was never in a hurry and he was always available for distraction when you're a parent I tied 12 sets of shoes this morning. There's only five people in my house, and everybody was wearing one pair of shoes. Okay, And so like, literally, I didn't have time to even worry about my own things because of all the distractions in my life. If I was in a hurry, holy cow. I mean, patience would have been out the window. Oh, yeah. Grace gone. You would have said some things. I you would said have some things, and then I would have had that opportunity, like yeah. we talked about in the yeah. last chapter, to for, to for some forgiveness and some, you know, asking for uh, asking for forgiveness. So, um, I just think it's really important. Um, I I will tell you, this is something that my wife and I um, are very different on. In fact, I sometimes get in trouble as a married husband for resting because I'm that guy who says that if I'm stressed out and I'm to the brink of disaster 
there's no chance I'm going to lead this family well. Right. And so there are times where we all need to take a break and cool the jets, have a little silence and solitude. I mean, let's get crazy, maybe do some fasting, mm-hmm. okay, and, and find my way back to God. Yep. Get my marching orders, prepare, and go back out, okay, because he sends us back out to do the job, most of the time parenting. And, man, people miss rest, and they miss rest, yep. and they miss rest. Let, let's not misuse the word rest to excuse four hours of golf on Saturday. Um, <laughs> man, I'm tired after that. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. That ain't restful. Right. But, I mean, I, I, think, I think so many guys, like, tap out yeah. um, and don't do the hard work of parenting. And, and you're not saying, hey, go, go tap out, let somebody else do the hard work of parenting while you're enjoying yourself. You're saying that there really is a – a rest that comes from refocusing and re-energizing and refilling, right, your heart with the Lord. And, yeah, every once in a while we need to step out of the rat race and just say, hey, wait, remind myself, right? Who's in control, <laughs> right? Am I really resting and trusting in him or am I just trying to spin the wheels faster, spin the plates faster, and all of a sudden everything will be okay? And I think that's a, that's a good reminder to us that, yeah, if I'm trusting God, then yeah, I can I can take a moment, um, you know, allow God to recalibrate my heart, and then get back in and engage. But yeah, those those moments I think um, are are not valued by today's Christian culture, mm-hmm. um, you know, because so so much of it is just more 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 pour more into it. Right. It makes you feel good. There's a pride. Yeah, no, that's when, true. Yeah. When somebody look, look asks at all you, that I can do. How are you, man? I'm really busy, but I'm great. Yeah. Uh, wow, a, that's you're a good, really, yeah. really strong, yep. man. Um, you know, I don't know anyone who doesn't like rest. Like, why? We we aspire to it, but why is it so difficult to achieve? And I I started thinking, for me personally, when I'm spent. Nick, you said we need to cool the jets. When my jets are blazing hot, red hot, it's because of the yeses that I gave weeks and sometimes months before. True. Uh, my calendar doesn't fill up the, every morning. Someone filled it, usually myself, days, weeks, and months before. Yep. And so, parents, I think if we're going to be disciplined – and show our kids and families what is and what is not a priority in our home, then we have to be bold and courageous enough to schedule time with the Lord and say no to things that conflict with it. Uh, And so let's get super specific. Uh, If we were to do an audit of our calendar, the things that made us busy, if we were to have somebody else look at our calendar and say, what are my values? If you look at my calendar, what would my calendar say that my values are? True. Good question. And and if I'm not blocking out time with the Lord and time, even just corporate worship on Sunday morning, that is a dangerous place for our kids because they will ask themselves later on in life, yeah, you know what was important to my dad? Being busy. Not necessarily having a relationship with me or his heavenly father, but just being busy. I don't know what my dad did. He left the house before I woke up, and uh, he got home tired, so tired that he didn't often check in on my soul. Mm. And so 
we need to save enough energy in the tank. We need to make sure that our jets aren't so blazing hot that when God does give us a pocket, we have enough energy and gas in the tank to zoom in on the souls of our kids. Amen. Great nugget, not in the book, um, is about Sabbath. Uh, from the beginning of creation, God rested. He modeled it. He modeled it for us. Uh, the Jewish faith, they still practice it. Yep. Um, but to take some time, they actually start at night, yep. right? Their beginning of the day is what we would call sundown. Uh, they light candles. They get together as a family, sometimes with their closest friends. So maybe not just their own nuclear family, because their closest friends are people they worship the Lord with. And that you come together in this Sabbath moment, and maybe you enjoy a meal, you delight in the blessings of the Lord, you confess your shortcomings, and you together make petitions. And then you sleep. And then when you wake up, you, you wake up refreshed. And you go into a time of silence and solitude. And it's not a day off. It's not a holiday, mm. right? Yep. It's a time to realign your worship experience with your Creator. Yep. So good. Well, the last chapter is chapter 14, mercy. Principle is no parent gives mercy better than the one who is convinced that he desperately needs it himself. I believe I deserve death per the Bible. It has been forgiven to me. That is mercy. Um, Now, can I extend that? That's the question. Challenge (laughs) accepted. (laughs) I, I underlined, I think, the biggest quote. Uh, in this whole book. Uh, and so forgive me and follow with me. I, I can't leave off a sentence in this chapter. Paul Tripp says this, so your hope as a parent is not found in your power, your wisdom, your character, your experience, or success, but in this one thing alone, the presence of your Lord, the creator, savior, almighty, sovereign king is with you. Let your heart rest. You are not in this parenting drama alone. Your potential is greater than the size of your weakness because the one who is without weakness is with you. And he does his best to work through those who admit that they are weak, but in weakness still heed this call. And the call is raising disciple makers. Man, what a gut punch. Yep. It's a good, it's a good read. Um, I, I do like a uh, gut punch would be a fantastic, right. And, you know, apropos description of this book. Um, but uh, here's the deal. I think we need it, right. I, I think as men, um, you know, th- this is getting not called out, but called up, um, you know, and, and it's, it's something that, um, you know, for, for those, you know, I think in the sports world, which is where I spent most of my life as a young person, um, that was kind of the challenge, right? Was, you know, when guys would call you up to say, Hey, you can do better than that. You can work harder than that. Um, and it just, it felt good as men to, to see what you could accomplish, right? When you really put effort and energy, um, and time, but here's the deal. That was for something that was temporary. You know, I mean, you, you know, you win a state championship. You're like, ah, it was all, you know, it's like, okay, great. You know, we've moved way past that, <laughs> right? We're 30 years past that now. Um, parenting is, is, is a great uh, endeavor, a great calling. Um, and it requires a great intentionality and a great effort. Um, but it also requires a great trust in the Lord that he's the one doing the work. And so um, this is a good book. Uh, to remind us of what our role and our position is, um, and and to make sure that we we 
take advantage of the opportunity that God's given us to be parents, because it really is a, a uh, um, an incredible calling. I think so much of our culture is pushing back, um, you know, on parenting and family, and, and it seems like it's a hassle, and it, it, it takes away from your freedom and all the wonderful things you can have. You know, when you have kids, you can't travel, and you can't do this, and, you know, and it's just like, here's the deal. It is such a blessing. It, it is such a blessing, right, um, to be able to invest into the lives of, of eternal, you know, beings that are your kids. And so, um, you know, biological kids, we said this before, adopted kids, foster kids, stepkids, whatever, right? If you are a parent and you are investing in the lives of other people, uh, it is a great endeavor, a great calling, a great journey. Um, and the best thing about it is, is God wants to do it with you. Amen. So don't, don't miss out on that incredible opportunity uh, to play the role that he's given you, right? Use the authority that he's established for you, but he's the one doing the work who's doing the heart change. So... That's right. What a privilege it is yes. to parent our kids. Amen. Convictions are a blessing, right? That's what we talked about. And this book, it's funny, when I picked it up the very first time, I thought about it being about me interacting with my kids. But realistically, this was about me interacting with my Savior. Yeah. And then in the in the, the true, my cup overfloweth, then to the same, the same principles that God has, you know, uh, lavished upon me mm. is to lavish upon them, to show them an example of what their loving Father in heaven has for them. Yeah, because ultimately, as a parent, we're first a child, mm-hmm. and God is our parent, and he does it perfectly, and then we <laughs> we try to take what we've learned, and we try to pass it on to our kids, and it's, a, it's an incredible, incredible opportunity. So guys, wherever you are in your journey, um, hopefully, right, you're, you're parenting or you're going to be parenting one day because it's a great calling. Pick up this book, read it, and, uh, and accept the challenge uh, and the opportunity to be God's ambassador in your family. Good conversation, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.